0: This week's
1: podcast brought to you by Sturdy Women with Quick Feet.
0: Our daughter has discovered two books of David Letterman's top ten lists that I've had sitting in the bathroom for about ten years, and uh, I love the fact that she has discovered Letterman. She loves the lists. She seems to get most of the humor, and uh, the only thing that's driving me nuts about her reading out these top ten lists from a compilation book published in 1990 are the constant questions to explain virtually every cultural reference in them including who is Cher who is Gorbachev who is Alf who is Spuds McKenzie and just yesterday who is Zsa Zsa Gabor
1: Who is Zsa, Zsa Gabor? <laughs> <laughs> Last week on the podcast, we talked about Minnesota Nice, and you said you didn't quite know how to define what Minnesota Nice is, and then I thought of a perfect example, and it's sort of an experiment that I've done with you and an experiment I've done when I've been in Minnesota with my broadcast partner, Ryan Rucco, and when Ryan and I, when we work together, we often go for a run, whether it's uh, you know along the Mississippi River or if it's around one of the lakes in Minnesota. and whenever we pass someone one of us will say good morning or say hello and we see how many people respond and when we're in Minnesota it is a absolutely 100 percent return rate every single person that you say hello or good morning to says good morning back or hello or smiles or waves or something so you and I went last week on a jog here in Connecticut along the Farmington River at a beautiful spot and we did the same experiment.
0: And, and I got to experience what it is like to be Ryan Rucco <laughs> and go for a run with you on a pleasant day in a nice setting. Exactly. It must that, be awesome. Except that we
1: didn't have to call uh, we didn't get to call a game later in the day. So the first 3 people that we ran by, I said hello or good morning and we got zero response. We Crickets. were 0 for 3 on our first 3. There was one couple that was an older couple and I I'm going to chalk it up to them maybe not hearing me. But the other two for sure heard me, just absolutely didn't want to respond. And when the experiment was over, we had a good good run on our run for a while, and we ended up seven for 11. People did say, good morning back, or smiled, or waved, or something like that.
0: And that, that we're counting a couple as a single entity. If, if right. one of them said, good morning back, then it counted, because I certainly wasn't saying good morning to anybody. And we passed one couple, and you said, well, that's one of two because the wife said good morning, but the husband didn't. I said, the husband hasn't spoken in 10 years in that case. <laughs> when the wife says hello, that's a blanket hello, speaking for both of them. I, I feel the same way when you say hello to somebody.
1: Well, there we go. So anyway, th- that's an, uh, an example of Minnesota nice, 100%. And what would 7 for 11 be? Well, 60-something percent. I really percent. think
0: the 7 for 11 was made up for it. It became kind of 13 for 11 when near the end of this experiment, We were running and a cyclist was coming in the opposite direction, at speed, and as she got closer, she said, Rebecca Lobo, with a Doppler effect as she passed, and she stuck her hand out for a high five, Uh, a, a stiff arm. And I don't think you... I think re- the high five went unrequited. Well, it, it
1: happened too fast. By the time I realized what was happening and that she was looking for a high five, she was past me because it, she was cycling so quickly.
0: <laughs> but the Lobo kept, kept receding into the distance, but she... she- Gave you an affectionate clothesline, I think I could yeah, right. say, from her bike. <laughs> like a chest bump with yeah. her fist. and I think that made up for for the other four who didn't say anything.
1: Well, it's funny. You talk about couples and one speaking and another not. And over the course of the last couple weeks, I've had a couple experiences where I've been in the grocery store, and I've seen clearly a married couple there together. I should just and- say,
0: when you and I are out in public, we're like pen and Teller. You do the talking. <laughs> And I'm the silent one.
1: Which is which? One's the silent one? So which one would you be, pen or uh, teller? I would be teller. Okay, so I'll be pen, and you're teller. So, anyway, so we're at the grocery store, and this is one of the many reasons that you and I never go to the grocery store together. But there was a couple, kind of over in the frozen food section, and the husband said to the wife enthusiastically, "There's wings over there." And she just shut him down immediately and said I'm not in the mood for wings and he was so he was so excited about the possibility of having wings instead of whatever he thought she was searching for and then this was a different time I I was over by where at least in our grocery store they have the eggs and the milk and that sort of thing and I just hear a guy say to his wife well how many different kinds of eggs could there be she's clearly he sent him to get eggs or or vice versa, and uh, she just says to him in an annoyed way, "There's large, extra large, brown, white, and had all this kind of attitude."
0: Aren't there and... grades like minor league baseball, double A, triple A, <laughs> A single A? Aren't there? No, there but are. The, no, there there's... are grade A eggs, aren't there? Oh,
1: I think they. I think they all say grade A, but I don't think there's double A or triple A. You know, and then there's, 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 there's free uh, range, there's organic, ball. there's you know all that stuff. But these poor guys, I just felt bad for them, and that's one of the many reasons you and I don't go to the grocery store, but. Uh, uh, together. But anyway, yeah, I, in those cases, I guess the, the men are always the poor teller and the women's always pen and uh, and the dynamics
0: just not very good. Well, as you were telling that story, I, all I was thinking, you mentioned frozen foods, the frozen food section of the grocery store. And all I can think of when I hear the frozen food section of the grocery store, and this will mean nothing to you, but something to some of our viewers is uh, Dan Vogelberg's Old Lang Syne. Met my old lover in the grocery store. The snow was falling Christmas Eve. I stole behind her in the frozen foods, and I touched her on the sleeve. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been touched on the sleeve by a... Uh,
1: I've been touched on the sleeve by a, a cyclist going by me with an integrated on high five. But not in the frozen foods. I don't foods believe anymore. I've been ever touched on the sleeve in the frozen food section. And I, I am aware of that song only because I've heard you play and sing that song on occasion but never on uh, New Year's Eve it's usually 4th of July weekend when we were hanging
0: out with your brother Well you did chastise me after we ran for not stretching afterwards and I never stretch
1: I don't chastise you I just say I suggest that no. you stretch after we run cuz you'll feel better I know I feel better when I stretch but I don't chastise you no, I no. just make a suggestion
0: I know you feel better when I stretch so <laughs> I, I'll do that and um it was like a voodoo voodoo doll but the last the next time we ran after that which was also the last time that we ran you said, make sure you stretch after, before we get in the car, make sure you stretch after we run. So as soon as we finished running, your phone rang, and I couldn't stretch. We had to get right in the car, and the phone rang because somebody was delivering a, a, a gentleman. A gentleman, yes. A gentleman was delivering a truck full of, of bark mulch to our driveway.
1: To then be put into our... To
0: distribute in our various... Uh, bark mulch beds. <laughs> yes, the, the bark mulch dispensary that we're running out of our home and uh he delivered it at the appointed hour but we weren't there yeah and and i was supposed to leave a check for him
1: somewhere so he called and said i'm here delivering the bark mulch and there's no check
0: and we pulled up we pulled up you said we'd be there i said i'll be there in
1: 10 minutes i was very apologetic as i should have been and he said no problem he was going to wait 10 minutes he doesn't
0: know what i do which is when you say you'll be there in 10 minutes it will be 20 minutes and it was 20 minutes. No
1: it wasn't. It was 12. It I was felt pretty good 17. about my estimate. That's not true. It's true. Anyway.
0: Anyway, when we got there, the gentleman was at the at the curb in the truck drumming his fingers on the on the door as he should have been. But he sat there. He waited. We went in the house. I went in. We you disappeared
1: in the as you normally would. You don't I like de- in the house. you don't like dealing with and, uh, with people in this way. So period. you disappeared well, in the house. I, I'm,
0: I'm Teller, as, exactly. as I exactly. And so I grabbed wrote the a checkbook check. and I went he outside. Went out and I, trembling, I, I peeked through a gap in the curtains, <laughs> waiting for this guy <laughs> to give you a piece of his mind. And when I looked out, the two of you were taking a selfie. <laughs> and I thought, this is how our lives are different.
1: Well, he was a very he was very sweet, and I was apologized nice again. Yes, and. I, so I gave him the check, and my name on the check is not Lobo, it's Russian. And uh, But he looked at me, I had a hat on, I was all sweaty in my running stuff, and he said,
0: are you Rebecca
1: Lobo? And I said, yes. And he used to live in Southwick, which is the town where I grew up. And... He didn't
0: say, did you play with Rebecca Lobo? No, yeah.
1: this time he did not say that. But uh, he... he, he... Was aware of me because he is from where I grew up, and anyway, so he was he was he was very nice and looked down and he did say he said oh I didn't recognize the name on the check.
0: <laughs> so he wasn't a nice gentleman. He didn't recognize the name on the check, even though the name he d- was he, Russian.
1: Yes, he did not recognize the name Russian. So um, I'm sorry about well, that.
0: I, I, my feelings about the gentleman have just changed.
1: Well, he was he was wonderful, and he waited for us, and we have lots of nice new bark mulch now in
0: our yard. I was thinking when, we were, when you were talking about frozen foods, and then that got me thinking about Dan Fogelberg. While I was talking about Dan <laughs> Fogelberg, I started thinking about being in the car yesterday and how it's always nice when it ha- doesn't happen as often as you'd like, but every once in a while you're driving in the car, lost in, lost in the movie of your life, and the radio. suddenly the radio comes on with a song that provides the perfect soundtrack to the movie that you imagine you're in Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, yes. And it happened yesterday. You were taking the girls to AAU basketball. Our son's baseball game was rained out, but he still had a soccer game that wasn't rained out. So we were doing the usual Sunday routine when on the radio, halfway to the soccer game, far, far away, came on the Doobie Brothers, another park, another Sunday. So I spent the three minutes while that song was on being in the movie that I imagine my life to be.
1: Well, and this is one reason this happens to you much more frequently than it happens to me, and this goes back to something we've talked about many podcasts ago, and that is this: what channel were you listening to when that song came on?
0: Well, you can tell by the song. I, I, I don't. I flip around, but if it was playing another park another sunday by the doobie brothers it would have had to have been sirius xm's the bridge playing mellow gold from the 70s and 80s and that's not, because, not not beck's mellow gold from the 90s
1: and that's because you choose the radio station when you're in the car you do not let the kids touch the radio they are not allowed
0: that's not but when you i'm
1: love, when, wow. when i'm driving our son's not old enough to sit in the front seat but our two daughters are i just they have complete control over what station we listen to, and so our oldest, so all we were listening to yesterday was, was it channel two on uh, Sirius XM? It's all hits. Yeah, all the hits. So there was no song coming on that was providing any soundtrack of my life now or in the soundtrack past. to your rave
0: freak out in Ibiza, perhaps. Yes, perhaps. Can I say Ibiza again?
1: Can you say or rave not? freak out again? Yes, yes, I don't know what that
0: means. <laughs> These kids with their rave freakouts in 1991. I will say also that the display in the, in the minivan where it says the name of the song and the name of the artist and sometimes has a ludicrous photograph of said artist, it has, it had what's known as title chop where the whole title doesn't fit on. So instead of saying another park, another Sunday, it said another, another park. And it doesn't, it didn't fit the entire artist on either. For the artist, it said the Doobie Broth. And, <laughs> and I love it when any Doobie Brothers song plays on, plays on that car because it's always the Doobie Broth. Which I think somebody said to me really is another word for bong water. If you you want to go back
1: to a rave in the 1990s, which would would be a a great
0: band name also. The bong water? Not the bong water, just bong Just bong water with an umlaut over the O.
1: You brought up our son's little league baseball game getting rained out. Well, our daughter, our seven year old, had her little farm ball softball
0: game. And See, that's another way that baseball and eggs are equated. There's double A, there's single A, there's farm. Farm fresh eggs, oh, isn't that a go. thing? Farm fresh softball. Yeah, there is farm fresh eggs. So
1: anyway, we, we I put this on Twitter last week because each one of our kids has to sign a contract. And the parents sign a portion of the contract and the kids sign a portion of the contract. It's called the Little League Zero Tolerance Policy Contract. and. It seemed a little bit absurd when our 11-year-old was signing it, but when our seven-year-old had to sign it, it really kind of hit home. So I'm going to read the entire paragraph, the player portion of the, of the contract. It says, I agree to cooperate with and show respect to my manager, coaches, teammates, opponents, and umpires during the season. Of course, that's, that's a no-brainer. I will not argue with umpires' decisions and will not use foul language. Okay, that's fair. I will attend practices and games with few exceptions. Perfect. Whenever possible, I will let my manager know in advance if I will not be able to attend. And then we get to the final two sentences, and these are my favorites. Remember, this is our seven-year-old has to sign this contract. It says, finally, I agree not to use any tobacco, alcohol, or drugs, including steroids. I understand that if I do not follow these rules, I may be suspended from playing in the league. And so then you have our daughter's signature in blue crayon. It's not a signature. She can't write cursive. She can't write cursive. We have our daughter who printed out her name, capital R, capital O, capital S, lowercase I, capital E. Rosie signed it in blue crayon that she will not use tobacco, alcohol, drugs, including steroids. So um, I just love that. Uh,
0: What I love about it is... If your seven-year-old daughter is drinking, smoking, swearing, juicing, and truant, <laughs> what makes you think she would honor that pledge right. that, that, oh, you've got me. I've been doing all of those things, even though I signed this contract to the contrary. You've got me. Right. I'm turning myself in. If
1: your child has to ask you what most of the words in the sentence mean, then... Um then they might be a little bit above their heads. Uh, you know, we, we're talking about this. And then last week in the podcast, we talked about kids' uniforms and the short softball shorts and the uh, kind of the generic shirts. I do want to say this. Our Little League, our local Little League, is a completely volunteer-run parent organization. They do an amazing job. We totally appreciate the fact that our kids have Little League to play in. They've got fields that are well taken care of. The, the league is really, really well run. I do understand how fortunate we are to to be in the situation to have this little league. I appreciate the parents who volunteer all their time to, to run it. I just wanted to put that out there because I was feeling kind of bad about criticizing the uniforms last week.
0: And ninety eight percent of everything that happens out there is is a joy and or hilarious, and we sometimes highlight the. Uh,
1: the absurd well we had a a game our 11 year old had a game last week and I really enjoyed going to it because her game was at the little league field in Southwick Massachusetts and as I've already mentioned that's where I grew up and because we live in Connecticut now we have never had a game back in those little league fields but but our daughter did last week and it's the first time I've really been back to those fields since I played on them as a little girl and they look Almost exactly the same. The snack shack is the same building. It could use a little bit of repair, I think. But it was fun. I was sitting on the third base line in a rainstorm, actually watching the game. It was a field. I have vivid memories of sliding into third and having a raspberry on my right thigh afterwards. And uh, and there was a moment in the game where the other team was hitting, and 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 they had a runner at first and a runner at third. The the third base coach was a male. The first base coach was a female. And at one point, uh, as the kid, you know, ran into third, didn't slide, the woman over on coaching first base yelled across and said, she can't slide. She has a dance recital tomorrow. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it because, of course, she not only can't hurt her leg, she can't have any bruises showing, she can't have any scrapes or scratches. So this gr- girl was very much willing to to sacrifice being safe at third, but uh, she was not going to be banged up for her dance recital the next day
0: I like that when you were playing at that field imagining you to be what Dewey Evans or or who who were you oh I was Carlton Fisk, Fisk of course you slid into third getting a raspberry on your right thigh which meant you slid facing left field with your back to home plate I, I, I like that I'm sure you did
1: oh I'm sure the, I did I it, mean whatever age I was that's how I slid I slid with my left leg out and my right leg tucked is that not how you're supposed to do it I guess not, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I did it as a whatever I was, a 10 or 11-year-old girl. And uh, I, I, I do remember that. So as you mentioned, not only are we immersed in Little League, but we, you were at our son's soccer game. And then this past weekend, there was another AAU tournament that our, our older two daughters were playing in. And as I'm at a gym, that was just three consecutive courts watching a bunch of games going on. We were waiting to play. Our, our kids' game wasn't happening yet. I got into a conversation with a, with a couple of, uh, of, of men and uh, one of them is a dad and one of them is a soon-to-be dad and we were just talking about parenting and, and your kids and I brought up something that another one of our friends had said to us and what he had said was you know if you were only thinking about the athletic prowess of your children or your future children, how you would choose your spouse perhaps differently than you normally would. You know, maybe you would say like, like a, an amusement park, you know, you have to be taller than, than this, than, than six feet, or you have to be taller Taller than than
0: the cardboard clown. Yes. You have
1: to be taller than the cardboard clown in order to, to date me. But my favorite line came with one of the dads and uh, he said, yeah, instead of, you know, choosing the cutest girl or whatever for the prom, you would just look and say, I'm looking for sturdy with quick feet. <laughs> and I just love that because it's universal for any sport, whether it's soccer, softball, basketball, whatever it is, if you, if your spouse is sturdy with quick feet, your kid has a chance. <laughs> so I I, I, I I am neither of those things. I, I fear, was neither sturdy nor had quick feet. I so. fear what your contribution
0: to this conversation was because you married the cardboard clown <laughs>
1: I I did have some good contributions, which may have been different if uh, the content may have been different if you were part of the conversation. But uh, but yeah, we were having a good time standing there talking, uh, talking about uh, kids and sports and sturdy with quick feet. (laughs) The town where we live now, actually, there is a the track and field or the track where they where they have track and field was named after my dad. My dad has been the cross-country coach in the town where we we live for the past 50 years. He's still not retired and he was also the uh, the track coach for a lot of years. And so last summer they dedicated the track and named it the Dennis J. Lobo track. And there's been some interesting things happening in the news lately that have made me think of the track named after my dad.
0: You're talking about the cereal pooper in New Jersey?
1: <laughs> I'm talking about the cereal pooper in New, Jer- New Jersey. Can you please elaborate on that? Well,
0: I think most people probably are aware of this. There was some Somebody was, some mystery pooper was befouling the track at a high school in New Jersey. Isn't that what the news story was? It was
1: every morning at 5-something in with, the morning. With
0: admirable irregularity, I must I say.
1: <laughs> That's the thing that was, that was most impressive to me is I think most people would you know find it very difficult every morning at the same time to not only fresco, r- no relieve less. themselves but to do it outside in a public place and this gentleman <laughs> was able to do that and he also and it, and
0: it is allegedly a gentleman because right. because they did arrest somebody and they they arrested and the um, the superintendent of schools am I am I right about this You
1: are absolutely right about it, and we know the superintendent of schools in this town. Um, he's been the superintendent forever. Both of my parents were educators. Knows our...
0: and, and likes your dad, so presumably would yes. never do that to the track. Presumably,
1: in town. To, not wouldn't, wouldn't do it to the track. But I just like the idea that the police are are you know forensically examining whatever they need to examine to try to find the serial pooper in a town. And I just visioned like somebody every morning going and pooping on my dad's track.
0: I, th- I think it was more <laughs> a stakeout than any kind of forensic ex- examination of the evidence. But, uh, yeah. They didn't call it. You're watching too much CSI. CSI. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, um, I don't know, just imagine the psyche of, uh, of the person who 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 does that. I mean I could I could totally see a high school or college kid or kids thinking that's funny as a prank or whatever but a grown human adult but, I, but given
0: the the hour uh, the, the pre-dawn hour that was necessary it shows a, an enterprise I think that at least is is um, But admirable. you know what who
1: knows maybe he was running. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe he was going out for his morning run and every time he did he was pushing his body to such extreme limits. He couldn't make it to the nearest port-a-potty. And, um, and if that was the case, then he's to be applauded for that kind of physical
0: exertion. Well, well as, with, as with injuries, when you're calling a basketball game, I think it's irresponsible of us to speculate. It would be irresponsible <laughs> to speculate on the circumstances. And we'll let, we'll, let, uh, we'll let the court system we'll let it play out in the court system. Yeah,
1: right. That's one of the things that is actually really hard when you call a game. And, like, you see a player go down. and, And for me, because I suffered two ACL injuries, my first worry for that player is that it might be related to their knee. And then if they come up and they're holding their ankle, you know, you're still not supposed to speculate. Well, they're holding their ankle. But I'm not going to now say I'm relieved it's not their knee. I'm not going to say, you know, ankle injuries, you know, are for the most part, nowhere near as bad as any, like you're, you're just supposed to say they're, you know, what you see, they're holding their ankle. (laughs) They're holding their ankle still. There's always that
0: dehumanizing element of whenever a professional athlete or even a college athlete now gets injured and people are, uh, you know, I had that guy in my fantasy team. Now I'm screwed. Or, or it's like the slow song at the concert where people get up to go to the the concession stand or the bathroom when there's a delay because of injury on the field. And and um, people give it no thought that it's an actual human being who's in excruciating pain and for the next year or two or possibly forever won't be able to play that game. And it's life-changing for many people. It was for you.
1: Well, I was thinking yesterday, as I was watching our older two daughters play basketball, I had our seven-year-old and she was sitting on my lap. And after about a minute, I had to take her off because... My surgically repaired knee couldn't take it anymore. Like my knees are normally pretty much okay, but I can't have a child now of her size sit on my lap anymore for longer than a minute or it bothers my knee. So, yes, you, you don't think about those things as an athlete's going down and you're worried about your fantasy team. You're not thinking, yeah, they're not going to be able to bounce their kid on their knee that 20 years from now. That guy will, will never
0: now. never be a mall Santa. <laughs>
1: Yes, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind
0: now. But when you said you'll never have a child of that size on your lap again, it, it you only have eight, one child of that size left. But it does foreclose Mel right. Santodum. Yes. We had to leave our, our son's Little League game on Friday night early, even though it was getting dark. The game was going on uh, for another 45 minutes at least, I'm sure. We had to leave early because we had, this is unprecedented almost, on our 13, 14 Fifteen-year marriage, whatever it is now. It's fifteen. 15. <laughs> yeah, it is fifteen. It is fifteen. Yes. Wow, um, that we were invited to somebody else's house for dinner. We were, and and we were. So- we, we didn't know the people. <laughs> we it couldn't be until it couldn't
1: happen until or couldn't start until a little later than normal because our, our babysitter couldn't get to us until seven thirty. So we weren't able to get to our friend's house until
0: about 8.15. But we left, I left with my son for, with our son. How long have we been married? (laughs) I left with our son at quarter to five. So the last time I'd eaten anything was 4.30. Carry on. Okay,
1: which meaning a snack. You hadn't had a meal, a real meal since lunch. But because of our kids' schedules, for the past few years, we eat dinner ridiculously early. We eat dinner around 5 o'clock at night. And then, of course, that means before we go to bed, we're hungry again. But that's not the point for this story. We eat very early. So we were going to a friend's house, but we couldn't get there until after 8. So we arrive, and uh, and we're going to have what turned out to be a delicious and lovely meal. But you were
0: in there for like two minutes,
1: and, and I think you were offered a drink.
0: I don't think I was in there for two minutes. You, I was in there for 30 seconds. And you
1: were offered a drink, and your response was to go on a rambling I don't know what about how hungry you well, are, the, the last time listen, you ate, it please. was it was I unbelievable. Was, I was,
0: a, I was I was it was completely inappropriate and irresponsible, and I, I accept all responsibility for it. But I was ridiculously hungry. So what did and you say? And when I was offered when I was offered a stiff mixed drink. I declined it on the grounds that I had an empty stomach. I probably should have left That's it there. That's all you needed to say. All I needed to say. But instead. instead I said, I'm starving. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything since 4.30 when I last had a snack. And I asked Rebecca if we could stop on the way here <laughs> to get, get something <laughs> to eat. Meanwhile, there was like a, a pot roast in the oven that had been.
1: <laughs> I, just that looked, had been <laughs> I was just looking at you like. And then you even said no, to me. No, you were just
0: looking at me. You said I, to me. You said to me. You, you were glaring at me. <laughs> You were glaring at me in the presence of the host and hostess and then you said not really under your breath even, you said, What are you what are you doing?
1: No, I think I said, I have no idea why he was just said that. It was and, it was one and, of those moments. I was and, like, "Are you are you out of your mind?"
0: And neither, what did, is I. The matter with neither you? did
1: I. You're sitting there telling our host how hungry you are. That you suggested that on the way there by we the w- stop by and get the way, something
0: to eat. What a what a lovely meal you've prepared. And look at these these delicious appetizers. I've just come from the McDonald's drive-through <laughs> where I had a twenty-piece McNugget. <laughs>
1: So anyway, I, not only that... Was, was, you, was that wrong? You want to know why it's unprecedented for us to go places? <laughs> well, No, it's, unpre- it's unprecedented
0: for us to be invited back. I get that right. completely. And there's no chance of us being invited back by these people either. Anytime no, soon, no, no, that's no. for sure. In in fact, At least there's in fact, a chance
1: I get invited yeah, back. I
0: doubt that. <laughs> uh, not, not while we're still married anyway. But there was a, there was a lovely moment during dinner when, when uh, we were having a nice conversation, as far as I know. And uh, we were. It was a lovely conversation. Lovely conversation. Yes. And the food had been eaten, and wine had been consumed, and uh, and you elbowed me in the ribs, cracking two of them, and said, "We have to go." <laughs> and I was like, "Have, have to, Why on earth do we have to go? We have a sitter, you know. We're. Why do we have to go?" And you said, "It's twelve twenty-three a.m." And I. I you know, in in my brain, it was about ten fifteen,
1: Right, because we're used to eating dinner at yeah. 5 o'clock. And so of course, the sitter had to go, back. had to leave at some point. Well, as we're having this conversation, all of a sudden, our, our host, I, I saw her, our hostess, I saw her yawn. And that made me look at and, my and watch. And she was in a
0: sleeping bag at the time.
1: <laughs> and PJs. And I looked at my watch, and I realized it was after midnight. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is late. This is too late for us to still be at somebody's house for their sake, and that's when I said to you, <laughs> with no pretense or anything else, we need to
0: leave. <laughs> and well, th- so we did. This isn't unprecedented, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Four years ago, I took our oldest daughter, at that time nine years old, to London for a long weekend. Um, it was her combined birthday and Christmas present. She was born on Christmas Day. And we arrived, we left on a Friday after school, arrived on a Saturday, we are got a couple of hours sleep on the plane, stayed up all day, uh, made a point to stay up all day so that we'd be able to go to sleep on Saturday night, And um, but we were invited to my friend David and his wife Liz's house in London. And we went. I said 400 times, you know, it's we have to, you know, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave right after dinner. We're exhausted from flying, you know, here, blah, 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 I've got a nine-year-old, we can't stay long. Perfect. We got there, we had a lovely dinner, conversation, had a couple of beers. We parked our nine-year-old in front of uh, Nickelodeon. She was having a great time. David has uh, two kids. She met them. One or both of them left for the evening. And at some point, David's wife Liz said, would you like us, we had to planes, trains, and automobiles getting there. The tube was shut down at Camden Town. We had to get out and look for a, for, look for a bus. The bus never came. We got in a cab. Anyway, she said, would you like me to call you a minicab to go back to the hotel? It's, it's getting late. And, uh, and I looked at my watch and said, oh, I didn't realize where the time has gone. It's 7.45. We should be ha- heading back. And she said, 7.45? And I can't do the English accent. Well, it's quarter to one. <laughs> I had never changed the time on my watch. And I thought it was quarter to eight when it was twelve forty-five a.m. So you talk about overstaying your welcome. I think I am the, the reigning champion of that. I mean,
1: and that's just something that would, but that's typical. That's
0: <laughs> there was a Saturday Night Live <laughs> as our sketch,
1: listeners. If people have listened to our podcast for a while, they that story they are not at all surprised. There was an
0: SNL sketch in the in the seventies, one of the original SNL shows, about the thing that wouldn't leave, and. um That's me.
1: And that's you. You're the thing that wouldn't leave. I'm the Steve that wouldn't leave. You're the thing you're the Steve that wouldn't leave. You're the person who unplugs my phone when it's being charged. And along those lines, you are also the guy who recently misplaced his keys. So we each have we have we each have a set of keys to our car and the other one's car. So I drive the minivan, you drive your SUV. I have a set of keys to the minivan, a set of keys to the SUV, SUV, as do you. Until recently, when you have misplaced your keys to the minivan, which would be fine, except that now you have to borrow my keys. So if you need to take my car, the minivan somewhere with the kids, you need to borrow my keys. And that only becomes a problem in that I will then go to drive the minivan somewhere, and instead of the keys being where I keep them all the time, They're wherever you have misplaced them again.
0: When you say drive it somewhere, you don't mean to drive it in for its routine maintenance. No, we're
1: still... I was supposed to do that last week, and we haven't yet. I'm going to do that this week. Anyway, if I can find the keys. So this happened a couple days ago. I was late for something because instead of just grabbing the keys as I normally would, because I always put them in the same place, I had to say to you, where are my keys? And then you went on a wild goose chase and... Eventually, I don't know seven, eight, ten minutes later, we're able to find wherever you put them. So we, you need to find your set of keys so that you can lose your set of keys and not start losing my set of keys.
0: This is like everything that that I responsible for: keys, glasses, what you stepped on, wallet. I every day I frisk myself and then I ransack the house like a cat burglar, looking for something that I I should have on a daily basis. Well,
1: it's amazing because I'll say to you. I don't know what what a perfect example would be, but, uh, you know, I'll hand you something and then it may be keys or something else. And then a couple minutes later, I'll say, can I have the keys back? And you will search every single one of your pockets. Like if you gave me keys. And
0: invariably, they'll be in the microwave. Right, exactly.
1: If you gave me something, I would always, in my brain, put it in the same place. So say it was keys. I would know it's going to be in my front right pocket. Like that's just where... I would look, you literally will touch every one of your pockets, pants and shirts, and see if you've put the stuff there. I just, I, your brain, it just is all over the place. But think wonderful, of, wonderful brain. Think of the
0: athletic jeans. <laughs> Sturdy with quick feet. If I'm so absent-minded, and I, I acknowledge that I am, what did you do this morning when you washed the cup you won at the raffle?
1: Oh, so we won. We won a, at a teacup raffle. A basket full of some stuff that included what are those called? They're just a, a like coffee mug. travel mugs. Yeah, a, like you can do little hot little or cold in metallic them. Metallic
0: exterior. Yes. So metallic I, exterior. With the warm and in te- warm inside. So is that you're saying that's what you are? Um, oh, no, I wasn't suggesting. Yes. Okay. It was, referred Preferred so, anybody.
1: So. I know that you're not supposed to put those in the dishwasher. So I put it in soapy water and let it soak for a while. And maybe overnight in <laughs> this morning when I took it out, rinsed it out, let it dry. And then maybe an hour later, as I was going to put it away, I realized that I had washed it, rinsed it out and let it dry all with the paper instructions still inside of it. So I'm assuming I washed it correctly. I don't know exactly the, the directions are really not um,
0: intelligible anymore, but well, the washing but that instructions was, that was a
1: completely harmless, harmless thing to have. I, happen. I
0: looked up the washing instructions online since they were no longer legible. And Number one was remove washing instructions, <laughs> and number two right. was dishwasher only. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, it's time for viewer mail. We have a ton of feedback regarding the tweet on our daughter's um, contract that she signed for softball, but we also had. Some tweets about some other things. And first, Mary sent me a tweet. We talked last week about whether or not you need to refrigerate Baileys, and she said you absolutely and absolutely was all caps. You absolutely refrigerate Baileys. So she got me second guessing you. That's 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 well, nonsense. Well, hold on. So she got me second guessing you. So I went to the Google, just asked, do you need to refrigerate Baileys? And this is what it says. Ba- this is what who says. This is what the Baileys website says. Bailey's is the only cream liqueur that guarantees its taste for two years from the day it was made, opened or unopened. Stored in the fridge or not, when stored away from direct sunlight. But, so you but, have you can, you don't have to refrigerate it. But what it. do they
0: know? They're just Baileys, right?
1: <laughs> and for t- so for up to two years, up to twenty four months. And and, if, and if, ours... if, it had, if it
0: had set up for up to two days, we'd probably be safe.
1: <laughs> we don't. know. that's not true. It it, it lasts a f- uh, quite a few months, but it's never a bottle of Baileys has never lasted a full two years. So we don't have to worry about that. This is a tweet, by the way, on Twitter we are at ball and chain pod. So at ball and chain pod. This is from Leisure Leisure Suit Larry. This could be the best Twitter handle of all time. Leisure Suit Larry. Or
0: as he's known in England, Leisure Suit Larry.
1: <laughs> leisure Shoot Larry. Why is that so hard for me to say? Anyway, he said, I appreciate the Colonel Potter. Horse hockey reference from last week. He said, "Any chance we could bring up the Toledo Mud Hens too?" So give me a Toledo Mud Hens. That's an actual minor league baseball team. That's right? because
0: Jamie Farr's. No, of course
1: I know that. Yes.
0: Loved the Toledo Mud Hens. Yes. So, so yes, we can. We 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 yeah, just brought up. Yeah. You want the us Toledo to bring up the, up
1: the Toledo Mud Hens? We just brought up the Toledo Mud Hens. Do you want to throw in a uh, Gmail, which is b- at, it's it's uh, ball and chain pod at gmail.com. dot Ball and chain pod at gmail.com.
0: Kelly in Milford writes. Last November, we went to the UConn-Boston College game at Fenway Park. We arrived at our well-known hotel in Cambridge and spotted signs outside of several meeting rooms that welcomed... And I should say, this is in reference to you and I staying at an Atlanta hotel that was hosting the PIMP convention. Yes. Well, Kelly was staying in Cambridge at a, at a well-known hotel that was uh, welcoming the pole sport organization. Wow, I thought. Pole vaulters and football fans in the same hotel. Turns out I was half right and naive. Around the next corner was the banner... With a pole dancer photo and the organization's motto "Aspiration, Inspiration, Revolution," pictures below. And there is indeed a picture.
1: That's a very fit woman dancing on a pole. <laughs> I'm holding it up to the microphone so
0: all of you at home can see it. When we returned to the hotel after the game, and again when we left the next morning, one thing was clear: this group probably parties better than the pole, vaul- pole vaulters. And I love this. P.S. By any chance, was Denny there? <laughs> Denny, was
1: there? Denny with one N. Were you at the pole dancer convention? He might have been at the pole vaulter convention, actually. And who's to say pole vaulters don't know how to
0: party? Oh, uh, pole vaulters do know how to party.
1: We have an email from Mark. And Mark, I met actually last year at a Dallas Wings basketball game. And I met his daughter as well. And she is 13 years old now. So last year when I met her, she was 12 years old. And we took a picture and we put our hands up to one another. And her hand was one-and-a-half times the size of mine. She has enormous hands, which is great for basketball. And he said his daughter is now 13 years old. She's 6'3", and wears a size 16 men's sneaker. For perspective, I wear a size 11 and a half men's sneaker, which is a women's size 13, and that's already really difficult uh, for somebody that size to find
0: shoes. But our our 13-year-old 6'1'' daughter wears the same wears size, size shoes same as you do, and will soon me. surpass those.
1: Yes. And Mark said, we are in need of dress shoes for the, her, his daughter. He said, we've tried everything we can think of, including re- reaching out to Liz Cambage of the Dallas Wings. She's the 6'7 center for the Dallas Wings, the Australian. And he's saying, he was trying to find a place they can order shoes or even a shoemaker they could find to get some dress shoes made for his daughter. So he was looking for suggestions. Now, I don't have any idea where to get a size that would be a 17 and a half woman shoe. There's one store in Atlanta. I don't know if it's anywhere near the Pimp Convention, but the one store in Atlanta, Friedman's Shoes, has a, a huge yeah. selection of men's size, large size shoes. They had a huge selection of up to 13. I don't know if they'd have any to but fit, uh, it's, it's fit his daughter, But it's famous
0: among NBA players, Friedman's. Yes. They all stop at Friedman's in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, when, uh, when I was training with the national team going to the Olympics in Atlanta, that was one of our frequent spots was to get shoes. So he said I told my wife about your mention of long tall tall Sally's and she told me they don't have shoes in that size no long tall Sally's only goes up to size 13 so I would tell Mark check Zappos there's a chance that they have them there I think he's probably and already check, done that yeah once he's... but Friedman shoes would be be one I don't know if they have uh if you can order through the mail or if you just have to purchase them there but gosh um good luck to his daughter because it's not easy having having feet that size trying to find some cute shoes
0: Speaking of daughters, we have an email from Tom. Tom, I recognize Tom's byline from the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He co- covers the Cardinals and the Blues, and uh, he writes, At times I felt guilty for causing my daughter to have to say, That's Jenny with a G. We've talked many times about yes. our, our all producer, of it
1: relating back and going back to Denny with one Denny N. Denny with
0: one N. And we have all kinds of typographical misfits who have since written in. And um, at times I felt guilty for causing my daughter to have to say that's Jenny with a G her entire life, especially after she was already going to have to say that's Timmerman with two N's because Jenny's last name is Timmerman with two M's, three M's really if you count the M at the start of Min, and two N's at the end, so T-I-double-M-E-R-M-A-double-N. But we really liked the name Genevieve, so this was the sacrifice that was going to have to be made, admittedly more by her than by us. <laughs> Which I love. He also, Tom, had gone from the LA Daily News where they they had a, a strong belief in RBI as the as the plural for Runs Batted In. And uh, in St. Louis, they go with the, to me, much more palatable RBIs.
1: What's the plural of Genevieve? Uh, Genevi- Genevieve-i? Well, Jenny
0: with two Ns and one Y and a G would be... Uh, genia, I think. Didn't we have that somebody write in that the plural of genius is? I believe somebody
1: did, yes. Well, relating to that, we had somebody send us something on Twitter. Siobhan sent us something on Twitter. It was a picture of her Starbucks cup, and uh, we can relate to that because our oldest daughter is named Siobhan, and but she
0: uses pseudonyms at Starbucks, right? Right,
1: but it's spelled S I O B H A N. But if you go to some place like Starbucks and give them your actual name, if it is Siobhan, they're going to spell it C-H-E-V-O-N-N-E or C-H-E-V-O-N or a variety of spellings. So, yes, our, our daughter, as a 13-year-old would, will go in, and she was working her way through the alphabet at one point. When, if she would go, she was doing an A name, and then next it would be a name that started with B. So she's, she's outgrown that a little bit. But they're, yes, still butchering the spelling of her name.
0: On this subject... Uh... Brett with two Ts, he signs his name Brett with two Ts, writes from Summit, New Jersey, parentheses, hometown of Willie Wilson.
1: Isn't Aren't all Bretts with no, two Ts? No, 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 kidding?
0: Most are with one? No, many are with one, though.
1: What's Brett Favre? Is he with two or he one? He was two. Okay.
0: Uh, but that's, that's what you would choose as the typographical right. <laughs> difficulty. The Brett, not the Favre. Brett writes that he was editing at a, uh, at a weekly community newspaper and saw a typographical error in a byline. So he re- saw a misspelled name in the byline on the front page. On the second spread, the same staffer had two more bylines, both with the same typo. He was starting to think he'd made a mistake by taking a job at a paper that didn't even proofread the names of the reporters when he saw the same byline on the fourth story and realized the typo was not a typo and that her name was indeed spelled S-I-U-S-A-N-N-E. So Suzanne as S-I-U-S-A-N-N-E. And it will remind some of us, perhaps not you, though you were listening to music in the 80s, of Susie of Susie and the Banshees. Do you remember? S-I-O-U-X-S-I-E. I don't remember Susie and the Banshees. That's how they spelled it. Well, that's how she spelled it. But her name was Susan, spelled S-U-S-A-N. Here's
1: a tweet coming at us from WBB Fanatic. She wants to know, have either of us ever been to the Kentucky Derby? I can say I have never been to the Kentucky Derby, but you have.
0: I've been twice. I've been there to cover it. I was there the year Monarchos won I don't remember what that year was. I just remember Monarchos won, and then I was year, there a couple of years later for my brother's little brother's bachelor weekend, and I was on the in the infield, and I don't even remember who raced, or if, indeed if they actually did hold the race because the infield was a whole other scene entirely.
1: Which was the year that you were wearing dress shoes that got? That was the year the-
0: that I covered it. I wasn't wearing dress shoes at the bachelor party,
1: because on- this is a story that would only happen to you. How many weeks or months after covering the Kentucky Derby did you go to the White House well, to interview the president? Well, the Kentucky Derby is in May,
0: and I went to the White House in June. So I had last worn these dress shoes that you finally called the umpire shoes, because uh, they looked like umpiring shoes, to so the Kentucky Derby. Bruno, uh, one of our photographers, Bruno
1: Magley shoes, uh, Bruno right? Mars, <laughs> I think. No,
0: I don't know what they were. But my, why, the photo- they were one of our photographers shoes, invited yeah. me down onto the track, the red clay track. You could see the horses thundering by. I got a photo bib and went down there. It was amazing. But I never cleared, when when that mud dried, I never cleaned them off. And the next time I took them out of the suit bag was when I was at a hotel near the White House to go interview then-President George W. Bush in the White House. And as a result, I tracked uh, the caked-on mud from my shoes, from, from Churchill Downs into the White House, into the West Wing waiting room, and then into the Roosevelt room of the White House. And I thought, you know, when my horror dissipated, I thought, you know, this is where the The winners of the two biggest horse races in America wind up in the winner's circle at Churchill Downs and in the White House. So I just thought I was kind of commingling these two American institutions, like a Reese's peanut butter cup, if you will.
1: I love that. I love that you bring in Clay to the White House and that you tell your hostess how hungry you are the second you've arrived at her home.
0: Rebecca, Matt writes, have you ever checked to see if your Jerry Maguire scene made it to either the deleted scenes on the DVD or a director's cut on a DVD? Might this be possible in some special anniversary edition that comes out later?
1: I've never checked, but I'm assuming it didn't because somebody that I know or knows me must have seen the director's cut and or the deleted scenes and would have told me that I made it into those. So I'm guessing now. And again, I'm 6'4 and Tom Cruise is what? five four so I'm I'm guessing he made sure that there's no photographic or video evidence of us standing next to one another there was a
0: Jerry Lewis film that was never released that apparently was in such poor taste that it's in a vault in the Nevada desert or something and it was called the day the clown cried and uh, I'm hoping that that your deleted scene from Jerry Maguire achieves a kind of a cult status and and one day has to be is people demand to see it
1: I think they should
0: uh, Lauren writes uh, that uh, she's she she wanted I don't know if we talked about it last week she wanted to she wanted to be the, the staff, we have our staff uh, physician we have staff ophthalmologist she wanted to be the staff teacher oh no, uh, I didn't know that Yes, All right. she yes. did she did I, I, we might have mentioned it anyway she has submitted her resume oh yeah she's uh, she's one who's six for blue two. ribbon status
1: correct yes her, she is she, she list, mentioned she, it last week she
0: doesn't list her height and I think it would be she inappropriate to week. ask in an interview <laughs> uh, and here are our credentials 10 years of social studies teacher Teach civics, U.S. history, AP human geography, and world civ Devout listener to Ball and Chain Pod Follow Denny with one N on Twitter Wow, that is, that that is, is a devotee is, yes. Follow both of you on Twitter Rebecca is one side of my hall pass John Krasinski is the other side We'll tweet a picture shortly So she's not 6'2", she's tweeting shortly Right. There you go. Uh, Still looking for my fishbowl picks from those final fours. Played college basketball, coached college basketball. Let me know if I have anything left out. Great show this week. Do we need to deliberate on this or can we name her our staff educator? We can Uh, name her our staff. Pending approval, yeah. Uh, Well, pending approval. We just approved it. Right. Uh, Jenny, Jenny writes uh, that uh, she's a listener of the podcast, says some nice things. Uh, Her daughter grew up in a culturally eclectic home, at least in Louisville, Kentucky, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Two households, gay parents, all of whom were social workers, social justice activists, and working for equal rights against hatred and bigotry. Dinner time conversations included discussions about all of these things. You name it, she'd have heard it and part of the conversation. Knowing our daughter and her background, her second grade teacher couldn't keep a straight face when telling us the following story. In the the middle of a lesson talking about a pharmacist, a student asked, what is a pharmacist? The teacher asked the students, can anyone tell me what a pharmacist is? And um, Jenny's daughter raised her hand and said excitedly that a uh, pharmacist is a female farmer, a feminist farmer, if you will, (laughs) which, which I love. The teacher told that story at her graduation, and I love it feminist farmer a pharmacist another tall person as Rebecca and Steve as a former college basketball player luckily never matched up against UConn during my days in the mid-2000s at Xavier and Kentucky and married to a college basketball coach who happens to be from Minnesota uh, she laughed while listening to your stories about long tall stally at the Mall of America uh, she too has several artists of clothes with that label and, and labels that detail the elegance of my legs because ah, you long
1: elegant legs that's the other one that's the other catalog slash website that services the tall long females long elegant legs
0: <laughs> M- my trouble is that I'm relatively tall about six feet and certainly too long for standard or even extended length clothes and normal brands but not quite long or tall enough for most of the clothes by long tong sal- long tall sally or long elegant legs I'm still looking for the longish tall sally tall with 1l sally with 1l brand that's hard to get the, the sort of mid-range well, jump shot of of clothes. Right. When you're too tall for one but not tall enough for the other. I don't
1: know if you remember this. I don't even know if these stores still exist, but I remember as a kid walking through the mall and every mall that we would go to had a store called Petite Sophisticate, the Petite Sophisticate. So, it was there was stores for short women and I just remember thinking, just go get your stuff hemmed. I mean, it's you can, you know, take Material away or hem it But there was nothing I could do To make clothes longer So I, I, I was jealous of the fact that Short people had a store and I did
0: not Instead of like big and tall There should be, you know, reasonably big And uh, and not exceptionally tall, right? <laughs> uh, George in Columbus We've heard from George in Columbus before he's, he's an ophthalmologist Thank you, Rebecca, for suggesting I serve as a podcast ophthalmologist For Steve's information, monocles are commonly available In gold, silver, black, and tortoise since a monocle is to be your potential affectation, I'm curious as to which look you would choose. Now, my I'm looking for a ridiculous affectation. I, I would consider it the monocle, but if you're looking for a ridiculous affectation, as I am, of course, George, I'm going to choose tortoise, a but tortoise shell monocle.
1: Does anyone buy a monocle other than for a costume? Like, does anybody actually use a monocle? Do you
0: well, think? Well, that would be a, a, a question That's... for an ophthalmologist. Um, no, it would be
1: a question for you know the the Halloween
0: store. I, I might also. Go with an ascot I could go with a monocle And an ascot like And a cane You could do all of them Could do all of them but We the... didn't
1: bring this up last week We should act, You should also throw in a cape Yeah, oh, yeah Like I those should. big um, nice. Velvet capes yeah, like uh,
0: The guy from the Times So um, uh, The bulk of George's email Really is about rec- Seeing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar In the Atlanta airport And he was going to say Something to Kareem But then he realized What if it's not Kareem <laughs> <laughs> if then, you're wondering then, if it's Kareem, then it's well, not Kareem. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're... It is... Because, but what he's... His point is, as he, as he makes more eloquently than I am doing now by paraphrasing, he he, because of the context, he couldn't be 100% certain. He later saw Kareem speak at an event and writes, coincidentally, later that year, I saw Kareem give a presentation at a local high school as part of the book tour for his novel. He looked a lot more like himself when I knew he was supposed to be there. And isn't that the crux of, and he he writes this because people sometimes ask you if you're you.
1: Yeah, but I'm 6'4". Kareem is over seven feet tall. Maybe within the last year, I was at ESPN, and there was a stretch limo pulled up front, and all of a sudden, I see this very tall man going to get in in the limo and there was no question it was kareem abdul-jabbar granted i was at espn so there's a higher likelihood of him being there granted he was getting into a stretch limo but he is one of those people who he does not have a doppelganger kareem abdul-jabbar is is enormous and just no one else looks like and he was like, wearing like he does
0: he's wearing goggles and wearing his 33 gold lakers <laughs> and, shirt. and
1: punching uh kevin McHale, but that's right. beside the point
0: well uh Dennis writes And this is a Dennis Who I know uh, With two N's With with one N My name is Dennis With one N Uh, I've never gone by Denny Because I suppose I would consider it deny As in reject Or a sports metaphor For blocked shots We've talked about Or swiping left He says Bringing up another issue From the show By the way I've tried listening To the podcast At two times before And found it to be hilarious At double twice the speed Yes Warning Don't do it on the plane Unless you want to attract Unwanted attention We'll have to listen to us So if people actually
1: Want to find our podcast amusing They should do it Two times the speed
0: and our final letter here Is from Dan with one N He, he signs it Dan with one N um, He says a, very, a bunch of nice things About the podcast About Stingray Afternoons And um, given these facts I was appalled at Steve's indifference To the practice of taking An individual name And making it plural The Michael Jordans of the world The Peyton Mannings You know We talked about that last week Right uh, something routinely done by athletes and broadcasters. This is one of the worst grammatical offenses, particularly because it almost always involves the possessive pronoun "your Michael Jordans," "your Kobe Bryant."s Yet Steve has no problem with this double question mark, uh, two exclamation marks. Let me marks.
1: ask you this: Do you think he would have a problem with the Isaiah Thomases of the world? Well, that is when that's talking a, that's about an excellent the NBA. Point. That would,
0: might be the one exception. I do have a problem with two question marks and two exclamation marks, but um, I suppose you're okay with college basketball announcers who talk about a player's chances of quote playing at the next level rather than simply saying NBA or WNBA Steve you are the grammar police so to quote Bill Belichick do your job, okay. My rant is over. Thanks for the great podcast, Dan. With wow, on, Dan, the truth is you had I agree one with you.
1: job and you I, fell I, down. Well, apparently. I, I
0: kind of agree with Dan. Um, if you're going to if you're going to hold, you know, the line, I guess you have to hold the line somewhere. Uh, it's just uh, the the, the a part of it to me is that uh, it amuses me because when you talk about your LeBron Jameses or your Winston Churchills or your Sir Isaac Newtons. Uh, even if there was another guy named Sir Isaac Newton, Isaiah Thomas is the one exception where there have been two elite NBA basketball players named Isaiah Thomas. I'm sure there have been other Isaac Newtons, but how many of them discovered gravity?
1: Probably none. Right now, as you're going on your little rant, my brain is doing what yours would be doing, and that's it has gone elsewhere. And it's gone back to the email from Dan where you said two exclamation marks, two question marks. The one thing that you call out is exclamation marks. I don't know that if I looked through the history of your texts, whether it was to me or anyone else on the planet, I bet there's not a single exclamation mark. You're you're not a fan of the exclamation mark. Can you explain to me and everyone why that is?
0: Well, I've never given it much thought, but it's really the punctuation. you have no enthusiasm. <laughs> it's, it's the punctuational uh, equivalent of of canned laughter, you know. Yes. It's uh, wow. This sentence really did nothing for me, but here's an exclamation mark at the end. I guess I guess it really did strike me as emphatic.
1: Well, I'm going to start sending all of my texts to you, even if it's just, can you stop and get two percent milk with an exclamation
0: mark at the end? With caps lock, please. Yes,
1: exactly. And finally, this is our absolute final viewer mail, and this we actually had quite a few people send us or send me a tweet about this because I took a picture and posted on Twitter of magnets. Denny's side hustle is in full swing, and we've got ball and chain magnets that are not very big, but about two inches in diameter. And uh, we've had quite a few people ask how they can get a ball and chain magnet. So we have to figure out how people can earn themselves a well, ball and I, chain magnet. Well, I don't know magnet.
0: that we need to make them jump like like dogs for a milk bowl and no, biscuit. I think, I think we appreciate them listening. And, and obviously, obviously
1: our, our resident um, doctor our resident teacher. They all we sh- we need them to email us ballandchainpod at gmail dot com. Email us your address, and of course, you will get a a magnet. But yeah. uh, and, but and what, here's a
0: secret. I think I think if other people email us their address, they, they might, should also get a magnet. They might. But get I also, one as, well. as we're talking about this, I think I think we should get a magnet. I wish we had. We should order a magnet that says, "This is Denny's side hustle."
1: <laughs> I like
0: it. I'd put that on my car. Tom, Harry, and Harry. all three dicks, I'm sorry, Tom, Tom Harry, Harry,
1: and all three dicks,
0: play us out.
2: Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn up bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in its cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts our sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane